This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 174. Today on our show, Kimberly Witten from Great Parks of Hamilton County. And there used to be a pool there, a natural pool, and it was called uh, Buckeye Pool. So he would go there and swim when he was a kid. He remembers those memories. He remembers the Ford Motor Company from Sharonville, um, just down the way. They used to test drive their vehicles in Sharonwood. You remember a few weeks back we had the folks on from the Cincinnati City Parks and I was a little confused. I got them all mixed together as one big park system and it turns out a lot of people do that. Well, Kimberly is on the show today to talk to us about the history of the Great Parks system, the Great Parks of Hamilton County that is, all of the new unique things they offer, their mission and some of the exciting new projects they're working on. Now, if you've been liking the podcast, you can help support it by PayPal or Venmo. Simply use podcast at cincyshirts.com and chip in whatever you feel is fair. Also, be sure to listen for that special promo code for 20% off near the end of the episode. Now, let's talk to Kimberly Witten from Great Parks of Hamilton County. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from Cincinnati. CincyShirts.com in Cincinnati. So are you from Cincinnati originally? That's usually the first thing we ask folks. I am. Uh, I'm actually from the Burbs. <laughs> I'm from up in Butler County. I grew up in Westchester. So one of the Lakotas? Yes, West Lakota West. Lakota West, there we go. We had, we had someone on from... Lakota East, I think, just a couple of weeks ago, and I pointed out that I've always thought they were more north and south than they were east and west. They are. They are. I don't know why they named them. We, cause I actually uh, was a sophomore at the old high school before they split us up, and we had a choice of like picking names, and I remember them having like a, you know, like a contest or whatever, and they went with east and west, and we're like, wait, but they're north and south of each other. Okay, so I'm not the only, I yeah. thought maybe I just, well, I didn't grow yeah. up here, maybe. So what year was that that they, right. that they split? See, I graduated in 99, so that tells you how old I am. Um, so it was probably 97 okay. sometime around there. Yeah. Okay. So not long after I moved here. Okay. I always wondered if there was, if they were ever all one school and, uh, yeah. Now my question has been answered. They were at one point and now they play each other, play against each other and sports and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still the same district, but it's really weird. I don't, when we split up, it was really hard on everybody because, you know, we, you know, you lose friends and then you yeah. try to have our graduate, our graduation together since we all went to the old high school. We were the last group to go to the old high school and they wouldn't do it because we were just so big. <laughs> so many people. So unfortunately, we weren't able to do it. But, um, but yeah, actually, I did go to East too because I was, a, I was in the radio program. Oh, okay. So oh, I interesting. In, yeah. I was in, uh, WLHS. <laughs> it was the, it was our call letters, and I it was the, I did that my whole high school career, sophomore through senior year. So ah. yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, well, here in Anderson we have two high schools, but only one junior high, and so you all go. There's six or eight different elementary schools. You all go to one junior high, but then you split off and go to one of the two high schools, Turpin or Anderson, and they used to let you pick. 
And then they stopped doing that. And then they like if they grandfathered it in. So if one of your siblings went to, say, Anderson, but you lived in the Turpin side of the township, you could still go to Anderson. But now if you don't have a sibling that went there before, maybe – I don't know if a parent would count if you're like if your folks went there because some folks still live in the township. You can do that, but yeah, it's it's really a, a weird thing. Did they build two new schools for Lakota, or did they just build a new one and then call one east? They built two two new ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I we grew so fast out there when I was a kid. I lived. I went to three different elementary schools in one house. Just living in one house. They built three. You know. Oh my Hopewell. gosh. I went to Adina, and then I went to Hopewell, and then I went to Shawnee. And then I went to, let's see, after Shawnee was uh, the freshman building, and then Hopewell Junior, and then the old high school, and then Lakota West. Those are neat <laughs> names. Adina and Hopewell, yeah. like for the Indian? They're all Indian, yeah. Yeah, oh, Indian. that's so cool. All, all right. Yeah. So getting yeah. back to, the, to the, the radio thing, I'm fascinated. Did you fancy a career in broadcasting? Uh, I did. I did. I thought I was going to be... Uh, radio DJ, and so when I went off, when I went off to school, I actually started as an art major because I just liked art, but that was like that didn't last very long. I was like, okay, that's you know, it's more. I want to do more in communication. So I actually won going back to high school. I actually won an uh, Associated Press award when I was a junior for best small market broadcaster or best small market radio. I actually went to the Associated Press like award ceremony and like beat out people, other two other people that were obviously much more experienced than I was. So that was pretty cool to yeah. win something like that at that young of an age. But my radio teacher, uh, Mr. Conti, he, he, um, he was awesome. He just, he had so much faith in me and everything. And so it really pushed me. So so I ended up being a communications major, and my first internship was at WEBN when the Dawn Patrol was around. <laughs> so I interned um, with Bill Banger, who was the news the news guy as part yeah. of the Dawn Patrol, and um, that was my give. That was my jam. You know, I, uh, I helped him write news. I, I, you know, read it on live on air and. I did all the some of the shenanigans that Dawn Patrol did, and <laughs> it was uh, I I was the intern that wouldn't leave. I was hoping they would hire me, but uh, it never did. It never did happen. But um, then I decided to pursue TV because it's communications, and I thought, well, you know, I mean, you know, being a reporter would be really cool too, and going into that realm. And I interned at Channel Nine after that for Michael Flannery. Um, he did Nine on Your Kids Side like back in the day. Oh yeah, friend of the show. That. Yeah. Um, so I interned with them and that was a great experience. There's some script writing and some um, investigative um, reporting and stuff like that. That was really cool. And then one day I was running at Sharon Woods, which is one of our parks. And uh, I was running. I was like, how cool would it be to work for the parks? I love the parks because I'm an outdoorsy person. So I literally went home, jumped on my computer. And lo and behold, I had a part-time position available for communications assistant. So I was like, all right, you know, that's PR. So it was in PR and marketing. So I was like, well, that's, you know, in my wheelhouse. And I applied and got it. And I've been here for 14 years now. And <laughs> fortunately, the position went to full time. So, you know, after a few years. So that was, that was good. So that kept me here. And, uh, but yeah, so uh, I've been here 14 years and it's been great. I mean, you know, the parks are, are amazing and just being able to be part of helping to promote what's out there and keeping people connected to nature is just uh, pretty rewarding. (laughs) 
Well, that's cool that it worked out because, uh, as I'm sure you know, a lot of people in broadcasting uh, are no longer in broadcasting. Uh, we've interviewed right. folks on the show, a couple of folks from like 97X and uh, it's all the stations like that, that, you know, they're all doing other things now. My one friend works at a hospital. Uh, the other one uh, manages a, yeah. a, a, a retail establishment. Um, so, yeah, it's been uh, – I mean, I was in broadcasting, and I wound up slinging T-shirts and doing a podcast. So it's just – Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, how about that? Yeah, it's just <laughs> weird how yeah, things – Yeah, I failed to mention my first job out of college was uh, at Channel 5. So I ended up working the assignment desk there for oh. just over two years. And they threw me to the wolves, man. <laughs> it's like – you know, there it was crazy because, I mean, I'm sure you've been in a newsroom and, you know, those police scanners are going, you've got phones ringing, you've got people, you know, coming up to you, you're trying to send reporters out, breaking news, like, it's just like, ah, it's crazy, but it really teaches you how to multitask, that's for sure. And it was a really good experience. I really enjoyed it. But some of, I mean, I, you know, when I went, I decided to go into PR, you know, on down the road, people that I, you know, we're friends with or in TV and in radio were like, Oh, that was a great decision. It's a good thing you went into PR because, you know, things are changing and da 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 da. And yeah, I mean, a lot of people, some of them are still clinging on. I know I have still friends with some reporters that are still trucking along and a lot of the videographers, you know, but you know, are still um, kind of doing their gig. But uh, overall there's a lot of turnover. Yeah. So, video um, seems to be a better way to go. If you're going to go into broadcasting for sure. Because right. uh, you can still translate that to like, you know, websites and every like we, our chief designer act is a very skilled videographer as well. He, you know, he, folks have been in our store. If you see all those things you see in our stores, the, the, uh, the video montages and all that, that's all Ricky's doing. And uh, so he does that as well as designs t-shirts. So th- those, oh, go- wow. whereas that's broadcasting, you've, you're lucky you end up doing a podcast for a t-shirt company. <laughs> that's, that's about the best, <laughs> you, that's best you can do if you're, if you're radio in, in any case. So, yeah. great parks. Uh, so, I was confused. We had the folks from the Cincinnati City Parks on a couple of weeks ago, and I was confused that uh, I kind of mixed them together in my head because I started asking about parks that weren't theirs and they were actually yours. And then I was like, oh, it is two different systems, isn't it? And I think if, in every a lot of people said, mine included for a while, you just kind of jumble them all together. And, um, yeah, and you're not alone. You're not alone. And that has been always an ongoing thing for um, – for us and Cincinnati parks and community parks. And, you know, I mean, there's so many different parks out there that it's easy for people to get confused, you know, remember who's who to. We went through a rebranding back in 2013 because we used to be called the Hamilton County Park District, but um, our branding wasn't consistent. I mean, everybody knew the tree, but it wasn't, it wasn't consistent across the board, like our signage and our messaging and everything wasn't consistent. So in order to help, Help with that situation where there is that confusion with parks. You know, we, we changed our name to Great Parks in Hamilton County and, you know, revamped and put new signage up. We did new messaging, branding, you know, everything. We did another whole nine yards to kind of help people identify who exactly Great Parks are, in, you know, in comparison to Cincinnati Parks or your local community parks. So far, it's been it's, it's, it's still, it's still a work in progress, but, um, I think, I think since 2013, we've definitely made an impact on, everybody, you know, identifying who great parks are and where we're at. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a, an ongoing, ongoing process for sure. And where did great parks come from? When did great, when did the Hamlet County parks get started? We know that the, the Cincinnati city parks trace their roots back to like mid 1800s ish. <laughs> yeah. 
We are young. <laughs> we were established in 1930. So I think his name was, oh, I can't remember the guy's name. Something good. Ah, season good. Mine right now. I no, it wasn't. It might have been season good. Yeah, I think it was season good. Yeah, yeah. Last name is season good. Ah, thank you. <laughs> I only know that because um the the pavilion at Woodland Mound is named for the season yes. goods. I, I, yep. I would know that otherwise. Yep. <laughs> good, good one. Awesome. Yeah, it's, I haven't looked at my history uh, in a while, so <laughs> bear with me. But um, but yeah, he traveled to Cleveland. And he saw how Cleveland Parks operated. And he thought, wow, we need something like that in Cincinnati. Of course, at the time, you know, Cincinnati Parks were already established. But he wanted to start something different. And so he came back and, you know, grouped together um, and was able to help, you know, create create the, the Hamilton County Park District uh, as it was at that time. The first, our first park is Sharon Woods. Um, it was established around 1932. I mean, 1932, 1932, 1935. That was our first park, our oldest park. Um, if you, I don't know if you've ever been to Sharon Woods, hopefully you have. Yes. <laughs> if, a lot of the stonework, the bridges, the dam, those were all built by WPA workers back during the war. So uh, a lot of history there. So those are all, you know, hand-built. You know, <laughs> They're all um, made, you know, made by WPA workers. So that's a pretty cool piece of history. My dad, just as a personal note, my dad is 86, and he grew up kind of all over Cincinnati, but he remembers when he was a kid going to Sharon Woods, and this is back, there's a waterfall over by near the um, the visitor center, Sharon Center, and there used to be a pool there, a natural pool, and it would call uh, Buckeye Pool, and so he would go there and swim <laughs> when he was a kid. He remembers those memories. He remembers... The Ford Motor Company is in Sharonville, um, just down the way. They used to test drive their, their vehicles in Sharonwood. <laughs> so, oh, wow. You know, our, yeah, so that's, that's pretty neat. Um, and uh, our first Rangers were established at Sharonwood. So a lot of history. That is where our, our biggest history comes from is, is that park. And then the next one that was established was um, Winton Woods yeah. um, was next on the list. So. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, there's we're not definitely not as old as uh, Cincinnati Parks. They were definitely well established when we came along. But um, I think we definitely have um, had an impact. We are the um, largest landowner in Hamilton County. Eighty about eighty three percent of our land is preserved green space, so it's not developed. So and we pride ourselves in that for sure because um, to be the largest landowner and to have to protect so much green space is you know, that's part of our mission is definitely conservation. So uh, we definitely pride ourselves in that. But so we definitely have no more property than other park districts in the county. So we've definitely grown pretty quickly, if you consider that. You know, we were only established in 1930. And how many parks are there? Uh, we have 21 parks and preserves throughout the county. 17 of those are developed, uh, which means, you know, they've got, you know, parking lot, they've got, you know, trail access, you know, maybe, um, you know, a facility like a visitor center, um, you know, there's some sort of um, developed part to the park. Um, and then the rest of them are uh, nature preserves that we have. So we have um, over 17,700 acres and growing. <laughs> we Every every year we're growing. And it's just we, we're either adding, you know, people are either willing their properties to us or, you know, we're, we're capable of purchasing 
crop pieces of property, but every year we grow a little bit and a little bit more and we gain acreage. And when we gain that acreage, we're finding ways to, to help um, protect that green space um, throughout the county. So when someone leaves you land, is it ever a case like you buy the property or you take the property, but then you maybe sell it because it's kind of way out of the way and you use the money to buy maybe property adjacent to an existing park or a, or a different piece of land? Typically, um, from what I gather, I'm not in the planning department, but typically when somebody, when we get land, we keep it. Um, you know, it's, it's green space. You know, it's some, sometimes it's not, you know, maybe the most ideal land. It might be like a hillside or something like that, but it's still green space that we can preserve. So we, that's our biggest goal is to be able to, to do that. I'm looking at the list here and I've only been to a handful of these shockingly. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Sharon <laughs> Woods have been to, uh, the last time we were, we used to go there a lot when the, uh, they had, there's the, like the little splash pool area, right? There's the, the big, and you can rent the boats there and all that. Yeah, it's a, yeah, Sharon Woods, yeah, we yeah. had a lake and a boat house there. Mm-hmm. And I, one Father's Day, we, they, we uh, rented a, a boat and uh, went out on the lake, so I've done that. Uh, the thing we haven't done there, which I always want to do, but I can never get anybody up for it, there's, some, there's a historic village there, right? There is. It's called Heritage Village Museum. It is actually um, a separate organization from the Park District, so they actually are on park property, but they, um, yeah, they have all of these historical homes that they've had, that have been transferred or transported to that location. So obviously they weren't originally there. Um, they created the village from these houses from, you know, various locations throughout the region. So, um, to create this museum. And I, I know that they host various uh, events and programs, especially like, you know, during Halloween time, like kind of, you know, um, historical kind of programming and then they do um, they do a lot during the holidays um, I know they have like uh, the old time baseball red leg kind of stuff oh that's right um, 19th century have, like, baseball yeah yeah they have baseball matches and, or games and um, they used to have tractor you know sort of a car show they have like a tractor show so people bring like some of the really old tractors put on display I don't know if they still do that but but yeah it's it's a really neat place a lot it's perfect for taking photos to go into the village and people do like wedding photos or family photos and then um then they'll come out into the park and i mean sharon woods has that um waterfall there that's a really popular spot right near the village buckeye falls that's a really popular spot for for uh photos too so yeah that's a it's a really that's a really neat organization and um you know we 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 are happy to partner with them for many years actually (laughs) There's a couple other that are near me. Uh, Woodland Mound, uh, the, the aforementioned Woodland Mound, is Woodland Mound. I was we were walking there the other day, and it, the question popped into my head: the mound part is there a Native American mound there, or was there, and that how it got its name, or is it just because of its hilliness? Yes, there is Indian. Well, it's, it's I don't know. I don't know the proper term, but yeah, there is burial Indian burial grounds in the park. I don't know how many, and I know that we, we obviously they're protected areas, yeah. so we don't allow public access, but, uh, okay. um, but yes, there are, there are some there, um, and there uh-huh. are some over at Shawnee, Shawnee Lookout on the, uh, on the west side. Okay. Um, there's, there's Indian mounds over there too. I mean, this whole region was, you know, very 
populated with, you know, Indian tribes. And there is, there's more now, there's more mounds in this area than I ever thought. Same. Ever knew. Yeah. We've yeah. had some folks on yeah. talking about the, uh, the Native American population, the, I guess the pre-colonial uh, European mounds uh, here and new t- I knew about Newtown and I knew there's the dig site over in Marymount but as I read more and more there's yeah you're like you said there's just mounds all over the place so there's huge ones in Dayton there's a there's a massive one yeah. in Dayton off of uh, I-75 and so yeah, yeah. it's just littered with these with these things and I've been at the Serpent Mound we've had them on the show and uh, yeah oh it's yeah I haven't been out there since I was a little kid <laughs> yeah it's it's just really and then cool. you've got Fort Ancient Oh yeah, that's huge, the big one. Um, yeah, area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. but yeah, there's a lot, a lot more than I thought, especially along waterways. Obviously, because that makes sense, you know, as far as their survival and well, that's what you the, know, access to water and yeah. Camera, which guest we had on was saying that they actually preferred. Uh, the bigger tributaries, like the Little Miami, because being on the Ohio River it was like being on Main Street. So if you know you'd want to be there where people can see you, but you want to be kind of tucked away where you still have like river access and access to you know animals and food and things like that. But you don't want to be right out there on the big river where people can see you and attack you and take your stuff. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. I mean, hence the name Great Miami, Little Miami. You know, like yeah. Miami. That's Indian. So yeah. And speaking of waterways, I mean, that's, that's another one of our, our big part of our mission is, is preserving, um, what we're calling blue way. So, you know, property, uh, along the water to be able to protect, you know, from erosion or from, you know, like, you know, too much, you know, development or, you know, what have you or pollution or anything like that. So we, one of our focuses is to grow more um in that regard as far as like protection of green space along waterways we just joined the uh, great miami riverway last year and it's a it's a cool i think they call this the coalition but um they help to protect and basically promote the the great things that the great miami river can offer um you know for example in hamilton you know there's a lot going on there there's access to to Great Miami for rowing and fishing and things like that. And so um, we're we're actually the first organization in Hamilton County to join the Great Miami Riverway, which is more focused in like Dayton and Butler County and those areas. So we're very excited about that and we want to help to protect those areas and also provide people access to those riverways as well. You know, where it be, you know, kayaking, canoeing, fishing, or just, you know, just exploring the outdoors. So, um, so yeah, just thought I'd throw that in there since we were talking about waterways. Well, that brings up a, another question. Do you guys get a say-so in development and zoning issues if someone comes along and says, hey, we're going to buy this farm next to, I don't know, Woodland Mound off the top of my head, and we're going to build a big housing development here. Can you guys say, it, it, you know, that's going to have some kind of environmental impact on us, or can you have any say-so in the matter? I, you know what, I, I don't, I don't have an answer for you on that one. I'm not sure. I would hope so. I would hope that we would be brought into the conversation. I assume if a developer buys property, they have to do some sort of communication with affected, you know, property owners or organizations or anything like that. I would assume that'd be some sort of a protocol. Um, I would hope that, that, um, you know, anybody who's looking to develop, you know, near, 
our parkland would would have that conversation with us. So, but you know, honestly, I really don't have a, a, a specific answer for you on that. Unfortunately, I could find out. But oh, that's okay. I was just curious. Um, looking at the list here, I guess I've been to more of these than I realized, and so, but some of them I don't know where they are. So let's kind of go through the list here and kind of maybe what's unique about them. Campbell Lake Preserve. I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, that's over on the west side. It's near Mining Whitewater. So um, Harrison area. Okay, gotcha. And we, we actually have four fishing lakes out there and they're really pretty. Um, it's an old rock quarry. So if you can imagine, they're kind of just, you know, kind of grouped together right there and they're right along the Whitewater River. So you can go out there um, you don't need a fishing ticket. Um, you do have to have a fishing license to fish out there, but they're really pretty small lakes. And, um, you can see one of the lakes that's next, that's next to Whitewater. You can actually, you know, go over and you can see the Whitewater River. You're like right along it. So really pretty. Um, a lot of it, a lot of people don't know about it though. And then Emshoff Woods, is that the one that's near Evendale? No, you're, this is down closer to, um, um, not quite. It's like on the west side near Mount Echo. You know, you're just outside of town on the west side. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Closer to the river. Okay. I guess that would be Delhi. I think it's a Delhi township. That sounds um, okay. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Um, to be honest with you, I've worked here 14 years and that is one park I have not been to. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and there's some preserves that I have not been to, but I mean, those aren't really necessarily fully like open to the public and we don't like advertise, Hey, come to this nature preserve because there's really no designated parking or anything like that. But people do, people do go to those nature preserves. To, uh, well, the, the next to one, the, the Fairbach Werner nature preserve from the picture looks like it was probably a donated property. Oh yeah. Farbach. That's over on Corian Avenue. Uh, it's a small park. It's only 25 acres, but. When you go there, it feels like you are away from everything. Like it's it's really interesting because you got all this traffic on Coleraine, but you yeah. get back on the Pinot Trail. I mean, you can hear a little bit, but it is it's like you're kind of like out, just kind of out in the woods. But it's just you know, it's just this um, you know little corner piece of property right there off of Coleraine um, and Pool Road. And um, but yeah, it was um, given to us by the um, by family. I don't know. I can't remember all the specific history about it. I'm sorry. I oh, that's okay. I just but um, but I know at Ellenwood Nature Barn there, they used to do um, these. It used to be like a, a meeting place for the community back in the day. It was built in the 1830s. So the the barn itself, which we still use, it houses. You know, we do a lot of nature programs there. Our interpreters, you know, are housed there. So we still utilize that barn. But it was a popular place for the community to, to meet and they'd have dances and things like that. So just, yeah, just a, a really neat piece of property um, pretty much in, you know, a busy part of, of the uh, city. That's interesting that you have that little, still have that little oasis there. Cause you had previous guests on, we've talked about, you know, how the city expanded and the County and everything. And Anderson township where I am was the country. I mean, it was properly the country. It was all farms and orchards and there's still one or two farms and orchards still left in the township. And you're only, you know, as the crow flies, as they say, only seven, eight miles from downtown Cincinnati. I know it's really crazy um, how close you are to the city, but there's, you know, it doesn't, you don't have, you don't have to go too far. I mean, we, there's obviously urban sprawl, um, which is definitely happening. Pretty soon, there's you know, there's going to be 
like no farmland between here and Dayton at some point, but, um, but we still are fortunate to still have this open space, open spaces that we, that we do have to be able to get out and enjoy nature. So. Well, it's like you were um, saying, you grew up, you you really experienced sprawl where you grew up because when I first moved here in the nineties, that was the area people talked about the most was Westchester Mason and, and that part uh-huh. of the, of the Metroplex as really growing and being a lot of sprawl. But if, thankfully that there's been a move and maybe you guys have kind of seen it towards using stuff that's already there. Like when they built all that stuff in Oakley, uh, a buddy of mine, a friend of the show, Greg Martini, was a little upset about it because he lived in Oakley. And I'm like, dude, they're taking an old factory that no one's using and they're going to put stuff there instead of going out to Westchester and Butler County and tearing all that up. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's a good thing, I think. And it also seems to be, at least in the township here, uh, and what you folks are doing, like you said, acquiring land, a move towards saving green space and acquiring green space and kind of kind of containing sprawl a little bit. Yeah, yeah, in a way, yeah, that's, you know, that's what we're doing. I mean, it's just, uh, I wouldn't say we're trying to, you know, it's not, it's kind of hard to, you know, quote, control, <laughs> but, well, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, any, any way that there is to be able to, to preserve those areas and, um, have it for, you know, now and for, you know, years to come for, you know, future generations to be able to experience is, is definitely key for, for us. So the two other parks I know really well of yours, Withrow Nature Preserve is lovely, and that's another donated property. I know that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Withrow, the, yeah, the house there, uh, is, we use that for, I don't there's a wedding setting there. Yeah. Um, with people who like to do outdoor weddings, and yeah, so we have that there, and, and people who do want to do outdoor weddings, they can utilize the house to, you know, get ready, or you know, um, you know, have their family come and join them and they'll have, they have somewhere that they can go to get prepared. And it's really pretty. I mean, the trout lily trail is beautiful. You'll find, actually find trout lilies, you know, out there. That's hence the name, you know, up on a beautiful hillside there. Yeah. So with Rifters, it's, it's another park that not like, not everybody knows about, you know, it's not a very, very big park. Um, you know, people know more about Woodland Mound than they do Withrow on that side of town, but. And what's interesting about Withrow is it's got a nice variety, even though it's small, a nice variety of uh, fauna and I, get, uh, I don't know what the, the term is, but different types. There's a big meadow, uh, and then you can also go down to like these creeks and stuff like that, and there's also dense woods, so it's really a nice variety you can can walk through and enjoy. And as I recall, my daughter was just there walking with some friends, there's a more difficult trail, but there's also a little easier trail that stays up kind of nor- toward the top. So if you're, you know, a little challenged by climbing and things like that, you can still enjoy the park and, and stick to kind of the easier trail. Yeah, there's like a little loop yes. up there. So you yeah. have that option to kind of like, you know, if you're like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> you can bail out, you know. But yeah, I mean, the trail is not long. It's only like 1.7 miles, but it is it is moderate to hard terrain. Yes. Um, depending upon your, you know, physical ability. So yeah, so that's, that is nice to be able to have that, that feature. And then another park we've been enjoying lately, and I don't even know how long this one's been in existence. It seems like it's newer or expanded auto armletter over there across the Beachmont levee from Lunkin Field. Auto armletter, um, that is, we've had that for a while. That's, that's where there's a dog park. That's one of our two dog parks. Yeah. Is that auto armletter? Yeah. 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 So that that's mostly what it's known for is, oh, the, okay. is the dog park. That is actually a um, partnership with the um, the Park Board. 
Ah. So we take care of, yeah, we have a couple parks like where we partner up, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, we take care of the dog park and we take care of the trail that connects the park to the Lunkin Loop. Yeah. So we, so we, yeah, so that's us. And then Cincinnati Park takes care of the playground, um, and the soccer field. Uh, area, more recreational area, and that's and a pavilion there. That's more them. So, but it's nice to be able to partner up with them. It's uh, we we're partnered with them on that one and on um, Fernbank Park, which is probably our skinniest park. I like to call it. It's along the Ohio River over in Sailor Park, and that's another one that Cincinnati Parks and us are um, partner on to take care of and maintain. Okay, yeah, Armador is great because. If you are looking for a place to get your steps, as they say, like a lot of people need to do, or just need a, a long course to ride your bike or things like that, it's a huge trail. And of course, connected to the Lunkin Trail now, it's, you know, you can really get in a, a ton of steps or a, a ton of bike riding and not really have to go really far. And like Withrow, it's a nice variety. You can walk into the woods and along the, the uh, little Miami runs along there as well. So you've got that. And of course, the only problem is, is that if we get some rain, it's out of commission for a while because it, it floods easily. <laughs> it does. It is definitely in a floodplain. Yeah. So we, yeah, so we are always prepared in the springtime to have to close and clean <laughs> the park to, you know, get it ready to reopen. But yeah, that's definitely one that's in the floodplain. And you're right. I mean, the Lonesome Loop, I think, is five miles, if I'm not mistaken. Something crazy so like that, yeah. Take yeah, so if you take, you know, I think that our connector is like one mile, and if you take that, you know, over to, yeah, and then you come back around, I mean, you've you covered a decent amount of space, you know, of ground. Yeah, and they're working on that, uh, even as we speak, they're working on the, at the levee, the little bridge that's going to connect the the Anderson side of the trail, of the Great Miami Trail, to the Lunkin slash Armletter side of the trail. So you'll be able to go from there all the way, I think, clean up the Springfield yeah, we are actually spearheading that project. It just so happens we're having a um, ceremonial groundbreaking. We were supposed to have a groundbreaking last month, but flooding, because that's a floodplain as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so we are actually having a ceremonial groundbreaking coming up Monday. Oh, um, how about that? To, yeah, to celebrate the project, you know, started and, um, you know, help. You know, it's going to be a, a couple of years of work, but um, it, it, people have been waiting for this for years. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's pivotal because it's going to connect the Little Miami Scenic Trail basically to downtown. And then it will connect it, obviously, to other trail, like the Ohio, I think it's called the Ohio Riverway Trail. So it's just, it's so pivotal and just continuing that, you know, that trail, which, I mean, I think you can take it all the way to Cleveland because it connects to other other trail circuits as well up north. Yeah. And so it's just really cool how you can connect communities together. I mean, if you're really a trooper, you could do the whole thing, you know, if you wanted to. <laughs> you can find places to stay along the way and, and, you know, go clear across the state. But um, it's just really nice how it connects communities and helps communities thrive. And um, there's just a lot of positives to it. And, you know, not only just access to nature. So it's, it's a very exciting project that, you know, we're doing there. And, it's just, it's good. I mean, cause that, it, okay, I think the trail, the trail right now, Little Miami is 78 miles. So I think doing this is, I mean, obviously going to make it, you know, a lot longer. 
And yeah. so that's a lot of miles. <laughs> that is. a lot of miles to get. And um, I think that's one of the last yeah, gaps. Excited. Yes. And eventually they're going to put a tunnel. So that that's going to be, right now they're building the bridge, the pedestrian yeah. bridge connected to the existing beachfront bridge. And then the next big step is going to be building a tunnel under Beachmont Avenue. It's going to circle up and around and yep. going to that bridge and then take you across. So. Yeah, so for those familiar, if you're coming off of 32 or 32 ends into 125 or Beachmont Avenue, uh, you just take that ramp to the right. They're going to have to take that, uh, presume they're going to have to take that ramp out, build the tunnel, put the ramp back, and then you'll go under that ramp, and that'll take you under Beachmont and then around. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting. They seem to be pretty far along on the bridge side of it, but I reckon that yeah. re- removing that ramp is going to be the, the big thing that's going to cause them to take the most amount of time and why it's not going to be completed until 2022. Right, exactly. It's a, it's a, it's a big project. I mean, we're talking you know, $7.9 million project. <laughs> You know, it's, so it's, there's a lot going into it, but it is, it's definitely needed. It's definitely been wanted. I know when I'm out and about and, and getting to talk to people, um, they, that is one question that comes up a lot is when are you guys going to get that bridge done? <laughs> you know, so we can, we can get, you know, riding our bikes down to downtown. And, um, so. Well, the, the folks I at own 50 West. I, mean, I know. What's that? I was the folks that own 50 West were on the show last year, and he's really excited okay. about that because that's going to bring him a lot of business because people will be able to ride their bikes from Lunkin or Omletter or both right down the trail, right Absolutely. to his restaurant. Absolutely. And actually, um, we have already built some of it, but there's a spur, a trail spur coming off the Little Miami River near 50 West. Well, actually, it's behind their um, yeah. 50 West cycling. Yep. Yeah. Um, that was just. That was just completed, well, that section anyway, uh, was completed last year. Um, it goes up, uh, I guess up behind, pretty much behind the actual, um, the other building that's across the street. They serve burgers and beers and they got the, I guess. Yeah, that's the, the burger it, place. It used to be Hannah. Yeah, Hanna. it's the 50 West, yeah. yeah, he owns, he's got that whole strip now all the way yeah. down to the Marymount yeah, bus garage. Yeah, it's like a little town. It is. <laughs> it's like a little city. And then the trail yeah, going the other is. way goes through the Kroger Nature Preserve, right? As you head to Milford. Yes. Yeah. 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 So you can yeah. cover all kinds of, uh, so really the, the, the parks are getting, it'll be to the point, hopefully you can walk between most of the great parks of Hamilton County and or even I some know. of the Cincinnati yeah. parks. So we just did, we just completed a master plan in 2019 and we're working on, we're taking everything from that master plan, which we, which, which, uh, entailed a lot of public input. Um, and we're, we've broken it down into a parks and facilities master plan now. So we're taking those elements and we're trying to see how we can, how we can, you know, use those, you know, all public input towards every park. And, you know, what, what are, what do people want is basically what we were trying to get at with this master plan. And trails was like top of the list. Everybody's about trails. Everybody's about connecting communities. Everybody's about, you know, it's, it's a quick, easy access to, for exercise, for mental, you know, health, for everything. I mean, it's just, it's just such an easy way to be able to get out, uh, in nature and, you know, be able to go different places. You know, and not have to, you know, at some point you might not have to drive your car to work. Right now we're working on design for connecting Witten Woods to Glenwood Garden. That's going to be like a four mile trail, be a paved trail. And that's long overdue because if you look at the map, Witten Woods and, and Glenwood Gardens are like, they pretty much look like they're the same park. Like they're so close together as far as property lines. And so this is going to be pivotal 
in, in being able to go from one part to the other. So we're very excited about that. That's going to be up and coming in, in the, you know, near future, but right now it's in the design mode, but yeah. So like you said, connecting parks and, you know, connecting communities, it's, it's, it's really important for our city for sure. Any other big projects on the scale of the uh, you know, bridge trail expansion there at the levee or the trail connecting uh, Glenwood Gardens and Winton Woods? Those are our big ones for sure. Um, those are the ones that are at the top of the list right now. We are going to be, I don't know, have you been to Glenwood Gardens? That's the one I thought was, I got mixed up with uh, the one at the top, the Shaw Woods. I thought that was it. Yeah, Glenwood Gardens, another lovely park, another nice variety, big open space kind of meadowy area, but also woods you can walk through. There's a neat little little river and a stone bridge there, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And then they have a children's garden there called Highfield Discovery Garden. Yeah. Which is, there's nothing like it in the area. It's really, really neat if you've got small children. But yeah, we're actually going to be putting in a music garden there. Um, so it's going to be shaped like a, I guess it's the cleft note, <laughs> the spiral, you know, thing. Yeah. That, so it's going to have, um, it's going to be a music garden. So there's going to be elements there of like instruments, you know, that like make sounds. And there's going to be a music stage there. That's probably construction on that's probably going to start within the year. And that's going to be down in the garden path. It's down in a big open space. There's a big open field that's right next to the visitor center and next to the high school discovery yeah. garden. That's where it's going to be going. So that's pretty cool. I don't think a lot of people know that that's coming. So that is definitely an exciting project to, to talk about. I know, but really everybody's really focused on the beachfront connector and how that's going to develop and, and, you know, kind of bite with a bit to be able to use that to, to get downtown and wherever else you want to go. Cool. And what I guess would be the difference between, because I'm looking like there's the Newberry Wildlife Sanctuary and the Withrow Nature Preserve is more a preserve. Well, what's the difference between a park and a preserve? I guess a park, like Woodland Mound, has the, the Season Good Nature Pavilion and there's actual park rangers there and there's the splash pool and everything. We didn't even talk about that, the, the, the lovely splash pool that folks can use, um, kind of a miniature water park. And I guess the preserves are yeah. just the woods or whatever the surrounding landscape is. Yeah, so the parks are really, like I said, they're developed. So they've got, you know, a parking lot. They've got a main and entrance. They've got, you know, some facilities there. So those are more considered a park. The preserves are protected green space. There's there's not designated trails. There's, you know, not designated parking areas. It's more to just protect that space. So that's really the biggest the biggest difference. But can you walk around the... Can you walk around those if you have a notion, or are they? Um, people do. I mean, there is, you know, like deer trails, or you know, there's trails that have been kind of created from foot traffic. Okay. Um, on in some of those, there just isn't anywhere. You know, if you want to go, there really isn't anywhere to like park, or um, you know, there's no restrooms or ah. drinking fountains or anything of anything of that either. It's just strictly just green space. Uh-huh. Uh, protected so okay yeah and so yeah so that's the difference with that and typically there's something with there's some sort of element within those preserves that are you know are being protected like it could be like at um what am i thinking of uh oakland it, they have uh the case salamander which is uh a protected i don't know if it's in danger but i know it's a species that needs to be protected and so you know so we try to preserve that space 
to for, for the you know for them to thrive you know and then you know some of the other preserves they might have you know certain wildflowers native wildflowers that you know need to be protected oh yeah that's a big or, thing with withrow you know, i know yeah yeah and wildlife well you know so yeah so those are those are really what those are for is to help just allow those species to thrive do you guys get involved in a lot of that kind of thing or is it just you kind of set it aside and it just takes care of itself or do is there other is there third parties that come in and kind of monitor how these different species of plants and animals are doing we have we have people who do that we have a conservation and park uh, department uh, division and people are you know we have some really skilled and educated staff that, that go out and monitor you know, monitor the land, they monitor wildlife and, you know, plants and all, all of those things to make sure things are thriving, um, you know, to reduce, you know, to see if there's any invasive species that we need to keep an eye on. Oh, yeah. Um, de- deer, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's always, that's always an ongoing thing. But, I mean, we do, I mean, when it comes to invasive species, we do prairie burns, which is a common practice to help alleviate in, you know, invasive species, because once they grow, they take over. Yeah. And your native species are obviously not going to be able to thrive. So that's actually a common practice to do in certain areas as needed, um, which is a lot of, a lot of other, you know, thought and planning that goes into that process that is probably just beyond my scope. <laughs> but, but, um, it's really, um, very interesting. Yeah, the Cincinnati Park folks, we were talking to them about, uh, like down in the south, how kudzu kind of took over. And he said, well, you have a bit of a kudzu problem here, not as bad as down south, but it's one of the, and some kind of honeysuckle is also a big problem. It's an invasive oh, yeah. species. Yeah, and he said they've, they're have they constantly going in and having to rip out, you know, tons of honeysuckle and kudzu and things like that just to keep things from overwhelming the yeah, existing honey suckle is an ongoing battle for sure we have volunteer uh, events sometimes where we'll ask people to come out and help us try to remove you know honeysuckle from certain areas. i mean you can only do so much you know with manpower and you know over seventeen thousand seven hundred acres but um but you try your best especially where there's like native species that you're trying to protect you know to keep those things out of there yeah because it gets tangled up in those and oh my goodness it's a a big battle in my yard uh yeah never ending (laughs) yep for sure well great well we learned a lot about uh great parks today and i appreciate you doing this uh, sort of on such short notice um like i said i don't know if you listened to the show before uh, but as the guest, you get to pick the coupon code that folks can use at the Cincy Shirts website or the Old School Shirts website or in either of the two stores uh, over the Ryan and Hyde Park to take 20% off their next purchase. So, uh, Kimberly, what would you like the coupon code to be for the next week? It doesn't matter how. I mean, I guess just Great Parks. Great Parks. Perfect. Easy to remember. Parks, All right, yeah. folks can use that. And uh, people can find Great Parks, by the way, at greatparks.org. Simple as that. Uh, social media as well. Yes, yeah, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and YouTube. Great. All right, super. Well, I uh, appreciate you joining us today. And uh, folks, go out there and visit your great parks and all the great parks in Hamilton County and Cincinnati. And uh, we'll talk to you again sometime soon, Kimberly. Great. Sounds good. All Thank right. you so much. All right, thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye.
Manhattan. That's a group called Colts from New York City with a song called Outside. Uh, I was running out of park songs and I remembered that one. It's a, it's a very nice song. They opened for Vampire Weekend once and they were at Bunbury a couple years ago as well. Hopefully we'll see them again soon. I know they're still together. In fact, I think they're doing a couple of festivals this year. As for Great Parks, as Kimberly said, greatparks.org will get you to their website. Look them up on social media. Find out what's going on there. There's all kinds of cool stuff. We've got so many great cool parks and so many cool park systems. It's amazing. Now, if there's someone you'd like to hear on the show, simply email us, podcast at cincyshirts.com. Some folks have tweeted us. That's fine, too. Uh, just put podcast guest in the subject line. Tell us who, you, us who you would like us to have on the show, a little bit about them, why you think they'd be a great guest. You can volunteer yourself. We've had people do that before as well. If you have an interesting story to tell, we'd love to hear it. Also, be sure to tell friends and loved ones about the show, including folks who may no longer live in the area but still feel connected to the tri-state. If you haven't already, check out the Cincy Shirt Podcast Archives, 173 episodes back there now, 174 including today's. And today's show is produced by me, with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They are from Philadelphia, still trying to get that dude on the show to discuss uh, the song Cincinnati, because, of course, they're not from here. They just wrote a song about the city. And uh, well, it's not about the city. It's, uh, well, we'll, fi- we'll find out what it's about someday, hopefully. I'll reach out to him again soon and see if we can't get him on the show and do another round of Cincinnati songs as well. There's still a bunch we haven't played. Now, you can find vintage t-shirts from great places like Philadelphia, Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, and a whole lot more at Old School Shirts. Com, defunct sports teams, old restaurants, old shopping malls, like Cincy Shirts, but for those towns. And again, the promo code for this episode is Great Parks. Simple as that. All one word, of course. All lowercase, all uppercase. That part does not matter. You're going to use that to take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order. Or you can go into either of our stores in Hyde Park, over the Rhine, and you can tell them I would like to use the podcast code Great Parks, and they'll give you 20% off your order, and that also applies to the shoes you get printed on site at OTR as well, kids, so do that. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest NC Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show, give us a good review wherever you get the podcast from, and as always, download or stream us next time. Bye! I said goodbye